everyone, it's Allison. I just am so excited for the start of this podcast that I just wanted to share a bonus episode with you. Today's episode is with Haley Mills. Many have heard her on Sports in the City podcast, which if you're an avid Vikings or Minnesota fan, that is your podcast to listen to. But I'm just excited because she is actually a fellow Tommy alum, such as myself, and she takes us through her journey with Crohn's disease and a lot of the difficulties that she's faced as far as being an advocate for your health and going through multiple surgeries since the age of 17. She also takes us through a little bit of what helps her break out of the negative mindset and anytime something sets her back, she shares a little bit more on her community that she relies on and that has helped her through some of the toughest times of her life. So here it is. Enjoy and have a great day. And I can't wait for next week's episode as well. Bye. Good. I feel like it's been forever. I mean, well, it has. It totally has. Because honestly, I think the last time we hung out was in college. Yeah. So it's been <laughs> but it's like and I feel like I still obviously keep up with you. So yeah, it does, it's been forever, but not so right. Like I just um, it's so funny because I was like, God, when is the last time I actually saw Haley in person? Yeah. <laughs> it's been at least like. 15 years probably probably crazy well and I don't even remember like how do we actually end up meeting because what I think you were a year behind me yeah so we had English two together that's That's what what it was was. I was like I couldn't remember what um what class it was that's so funny yeah that's a long time ago yeah I think we ended up having we were in a project together we sat by each other and we were in a project or something Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, Oh, what was his name? Oh, I don't remember it. The only thing I remember is that one time he ate a piece of moldy bread and so (laughs) he got canceled because he got so sick. And I was like, Oh my God. I remember that email. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. And it was amazing. That was like an 8am class and you're like, yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, great time. I actually think I still have that book, like the poetry book. Oh yeah. Poetry. I remember reading, yeah. uh, where, uh, what's where Virginia Woolf. Yes. Okay. Yep. I was wondering, I was, when I was, um, so when I was packing, I'm like, where did this book come from? And yep. I'm like, it had to have been from school. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's yeah. so funny. So oh, that's funny like, what we end yeah. up keeping. Yeah. And then I know you cheerlead, you did like cheerleading, but did you also mm-hmm. do that in college? I can't just remember. For, um, just for one year. Yeah. Okay. For okay. The- mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That was I couldn't remember like if you did it for football. I only yeah. that like just made me think of like Pavco and oh yeah. <laughs> I went to Pavco's wedding. He's oh, got, did you? He has four kids now. Isn't that crazy? Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, I I don't think I've talked to him since college either. Like yeah. I I might have randomly like ran into him, but yeah, his yeah. Wife, I think I, his wife just had their fourth baby like two weeks ago. That's crazy insane yeah I know well, especially yeah that's just, I feel like it's so crazy because I feel like we're still in that like college age yeah not no I know like, I'm like we're oh my totally God. not I'm an adult I'm supposed to be an adult I'm not doing right. a great job at it but yeah oh my god well I was talking to someone at the gym and they were t- oh they were talking about when uh the Metrodome and then like Mall of America grand opening I'm like well, I was like five and they're like four or five and they're like no like it opened in 96 I'm like no 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 it did not and I was like it was in 92 and then they're like oh we weren't even born I'm like oh, okay yep yeah that's we awesome this conversation yeah <laughs> yeah we're, we're done <laughs> my brother and my sister are much younger than I am that my brother's 27 and my sister's 23 okay. and so stuff that they they're like I don't remember that. I'm like, cause you weren't alive for that. Right. Like, and well, seven. And so. I think it's just crazy. Cause I was talking to someone about like nine 11, like some yeah. people weren't even born and it's in textbooks. So it's just, yeah, it's, uh, I just, 
I'm like, no, nope, I'm forever going to be young. No, <laughs> just, I still yeah. act young. I still go yeah. out and party. I'm probably more fun now than I was in college. You know so. what? That's funny that you say that because I think I'm the same way now. Yeah. Because I, I feel like in college, I was always like either studying and then it's like, yeah, I'd party, but it wasn't to the point of, that I do now. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, like I just worked my ass off for the whole week. Like now I'm going to. Yeah have fun so yeah but anyways no well thank you so much for doing this I'm excited I I know out of me yeah well because I remember that's actually how we kind of reconnected was Mm -hmm. when I was in the hospital for my own shit show don't worry you can swear on here (laughs) perfect perfect I I like to create a space like you know safe zone for everyone and their swear words um but yeah I remember us reconnecting and then kind of touching base on your Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that you had that. Yeah. So I was diagnosed when I was 17. So my senior year of high school. Okay. And so I going into college, I knew I'm like, okay, I'm going to be having to get infusions every eight weeks of medicine. So my college experience I knew was going to be different right off the bat because yeah. I was I was going to be sick. And luckily for the most part, I was pretty healthy until I was like 22. And then I started to get worse. They switched up my medicine and shit really hit the fan when I was 24. It was actually um, February 1st of 2013. I had to have emergency surgery where I had three and a half feet of my colon removed. And and I had no idea. I was so sick in the hospital. My parents kind of had to make that decision for me. And I woke up, it was a Friday. I was supposed to have the surgery the next week, but I was so Mm -hmm. sick that the doctor told my parents, if she doesn't have the surgery today, she's not going to make it through the weekend. And so they did the surgery on a Friday. I didn't wake up until Sunday, my boyfriend at the time woke me up because Beyonce was performing at the Super Bowl. (laughs) So that's like the first, my first core memory of waking up from this surgery was Beyonce. So that wasn't all terrible, but yeah. Um, so yeah. And since then it's been, I think I figured out that I've had 20 surgeries since 2011. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I've spent probably 50% of the time in the hospital. Now the last two years have been much better. And Mm -hmm. I attribute that to not eating gluten and working out. And I actually, I haven't been on any biologics for having Crohn's disease since May, 2020. And I, I have, I feel the best that I've felt since I was diagnosed since before I was diagnosed. So, so what kind of led you up to realizing that there was something wrong? I mean, I know you were diagnosed when you were 17, but I mean, what kind of symptoms were you showing? So I started feeling ill my senior year of high school, September, and I was getting really bad headaches to begin with really bad headaches. And it was really bad stomach aches. And I'm going to the bathroom all the time. I can't eat anything. And I'm just like, this is not normal. Mm -hmm. And I was going to see, I wanted to go see my primary provider who'd been my doctor since basically the day I was born and he was not in the office that week. And so I saw some random guy and this guy goes, you have hemorrhoids. And I'm like, he didn't even look. And he was like, I think you have hemorrhoids. I'm like, yeah. no, I, yeah. like, I know what hemorrhoids are. And luckily right. I was 17 years old. I could speak up for myself. And I knew well enough to be like, I'm not, I'm like, I have stomach aches. I'm, I feel like I'm going to puke all the time. I, yeah. This is not hemorrhoids. Yeah. So I went back into the doctor when my doctor was actually in and he's like, if you say something's wrong, something is wrong. I, I know that. And so he sent me to a pediatric gastroenterologist and it took, I think I saw the gastroenterologist in November and they're like, well, maybe it's heartburn because my biological father had had a history of heartburn. Like maybe it's so they put me on medicine that doesn't change anything Mm -hmm. then at the end of so it would have been 2005 they did a colonoscopy and an endoscopy and they thought I had ulcerative colitis so ulcerative colitis affects your colon it's an autoimmune disease Mm -hmm. digestive disorder that affects your colon Crohn's disease 
affects your entire digestive system. So it's everywhere okay. from your, your mouth to your colon. And okay. they first diagnosed me with ulcerative colitis. So they put me on medicine. I initially got better for about two weeks and then everything went really downhill. I started, I couldn't eat or drink anything. And so my mom called the doctor and they got me in, I think the next day at children's because I was seeing a pediatric yeah. gastroenterologist. So when, when you're a kid, they put you under completely for procedures like that, which is really okay. because you don't, yeah. uh, you don't have to deal with Wait, anything. So they don't do that when you're an adult. They, it's like, uh, <laughs> you're, sedate, you're basically sedated. You're a, okay. a sleep, but they don't use a breathing tube. When Got you're it. a kid, okay. they use the breathing tube. Okay. And so my mom and I go down to children's and, you know, we're thinking we're going to go home. We're going to have an answer mm -hmm. when this is done. I'm going to be home in five hours and I'll be fine. Well, I woke up from the procedure and my mom's like, okay, don't freak out, but you have to stay in the hospital. They couldn't get a vein started because you you're so dehydrated because you haven't been able to eat or drink oh, anything yeah. at that at that point I had lost like 18 pounds in three weeks or something oh my gosh and yeah it wasn't good I'm 510 like it was yeah like a skeleton well, well, and just for even like a normal person in general that's yeah that's not insane. good yeah um so they ended they ended up keeping me in the hospital because they wanted to give me TPN which is uh nutrition through an IV or through a pick line and figure out why I got worse after initially getting better. So they kept me in the hospital. I think I was there for two weeks. And one morning I woke up in the hospital and I couldn't almost breathe because the, I was like, my throat, oh my it felt so dry. And I was like, mm -hmm. something is wrong. The nurse and the doctor come in and they look in my throat and you can see ulcers all the way up and down my throat. And so that oh, was wow. causing me to not be able to eat and drink. So at that point, they changed my diagnosis to Crohn's mm -hmm. disease because it was affecting my whole digestive system. Got it. And they started me on a biologic called Remicade and I was better. I felt better the next day you could, mm -hmm. the ulcers had literally disappeared essentially overnight, which was amazing. So that's what kept me in remission for about four ish year, four or five years. And then my body your sometimes your body stops responding to biologics after a while. And mine did. So we switched it up. I started doing injections of Humira. It wasn't helping. I was getting better. And when I or wasn't getting better, excuse me. And when, when I ended up having that emergency surgery, I was down to 80 pounds and I, I mean, I was so sick and oh my they, gosh. um, I was essentially like half my size and yeah. I, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't do anything. I was in so much pain. It was mm -hmm. terrible. And so that I had gone to the hospital a few days before, cause I was at my boyfriend at the time's house and I got up to go to the bathroom and I just passed out. I hit the ground, like a ton of bricks and he's like, okay, we have to go to the hospital. And yeah. so they do some tests and they're like, well, you don't have an abscess or something that we can see. And I'm like, okay, can I go home? And they're like, absolutely not. You need, I had two blood transfusions. Um, I, I ended up having a colonoscopy and they're like, that's when they saw that they needed to remove part of my colon. And okay. at that time they thought it was only 18 inches that they needed to remove. But when the surgeon went in there, he's like, oh no, this is really bad. We need to yeah. remove three and a half feet. So I was, after that, that was 2013. It took a while to get back to normal because I needed to gain so much weight back and just kind of learning how to live with this new normal of right. having my colon removed. And then on and off for eight years, I was in and out of the hospital multiple times a month because when you're on biologics, they put me back on Remicade. When you're on biologics like that, mm -hmm. you're more apt to having um, like um, infections and just okay. issues pop up. So I would end up in the hospital and need IV antibiotics for four days. And, and so partially because of your colon being removed as well as the, or just the biologics no, in general, just because of the biologics. And, okay. and when you have a weakened immune system, you're more likely yeah. to get uh, infections and things like that. And my body just 
could never, it was like, it was never recovering fully and okay. feeling better. So yeah, that was essentially my life for eight years from the time I was 24 to 32 was mostly hospital visits and surgeries. In that time I had like probably 14 of the 20 surgeries. And then in 2019, February of 2019, mm -hmm. I had the rest of my colon removed. So okay. I was, um, starting in August of 2018, I was having really bad nausea. I was throwing up. I couldn't eat. I lost 15 pounds in a month. Um, and it's, I'm an eater. Like for me to not be able yeah. to eat is absolute torture because I love I was going to say, that's what I mean. Like, I yeah. don't know how I could, I mean, I have food allergies and I still like it hurts me to do yeah. that. And so I'm like, Oh my God, all I want to do is eat. Yeah. And I put in, and I was so sick and I was in terrible pain and I was continuing to go into the hospital. Cause it was like, I, when you don't have a colon, cause your colon is the part of your body that um, mm -hmm. takes all the water out of food. And that's how you stay hydrated. Well, I get oh, dehydrated okay. very easily because mm -hmm. I don't have that part of my body that absorbs all the water. Right. So I would end up in the hospital because I, I'm in terrible pain and I'm, I can't get out of bed because mm -hmm. I have, I'm so dehydrated. And I had a doctor who was like, I, I was very depressed at the time because I was so sick. Yeah. I couldn't live my life. Right. And he was like, would you be open to talking to a psychiatrist? And I was like, yeah, of course I know I'm mm -hmm. depressed. So the psychiatrist comes in and she's like, I don't think you're really sick. I think you have somatic symptom disorder and you're just coming up with these symptoms and you think you should be sick. I'm like, are you kidding Wait, me? A psychiatrist said that? Yeah, it was. I was like, you have got to be kidding oh, me. Oh my I, gosh. I was furious. I'm like, yeah, I, I I'm very lucky. I, I live a very cool life. I get to go to Vikings games. I do all my favorite yeah. things. I, I have great friends. I'm like, I miss, I missed opening day or the of Viking season because right. I was you're like an avid, like goer. <laughs> it's the most important thing yeah. in my life. It's what I do yeah. with my friends. And I'm like, I'm missing the things that are most important to me. I don't want to be here. And right. It was just, it was awful. And so I can, I went down to the Mayo clinic to see if they could figure out why mm -hmm. I was having all this pain and, and nausea and vomiting. They couldn't figure it out, but they're like, you need to have the rest of your colon removed because it, it is really damaged and it's probably not helping your, your situation. Like, okay. Yeah. So I have my colon removed in February of 2019 with, I didn't do it at the Mayo clinic. I had the same surgeon who did my original surgery and he's yeah. done like, 15 or 16 of my 20 surgeries. He's amazing. He is yeah, literally so at that point you might as well. Yeah. Yeah. He know I say he has seen me naked more than anybody else. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh my God, he I'm always in the hospital. Literally has seen you yeah. inside and out. A hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah. I tell him all the time, I'm like, I'm sorry for being a pain in the ass, literally. So um yeah. So he did the surgery in February, 2019. And when they went in to do the surgery, they found that I had a softball sized clump of adhesion. So scar tissue next oh, to like my stomach up where I was having all this terrible pain. Mm -hmm. And so that's what was causing the nausea, the vomiting, the pain, but right. adhesions, you don't see on an x-ray MRI mm -hmm. CT. The only way you can find them is if you go in and look for them. Right. So I felt very validated maybe I guess is the right word yeah like, I wasn't crazy because I'm like well, well am I crazy like but the I thing is it's like as a psychiatrist I just feel like that's not something you would say and it was especially to someone who I mean I get that there's hypochondriacs and stuff but it's like you clearly have had history of it up until this right? point so why would you be making stuff up now <laughs> yeah I'm like People don't have their colon removed for fun. Like, yeah, it's this is not like having, I just want to miss everything in my life. <laughs> yeah, I'm like having an ileostomy is not cool for me. Yeah. Like, I don't want this situation. Right. And so it was just I'm like to invalidate everything that I had gone through was mm -hmm. terrible. And I'm like, well, these are the people who are supposed to be making me better, and right. first they're not helping me physically, and now they're 
fucking up my mental health too. Yeah. So it was, it was a really hard time. And then, um, in May of 2020, so peak pandemic, May of 2020, I end up in the hospital again, thinking I'm having an intestinal blockage where, because I have scar tissue, it can kind of mess up my small intestine and I end up with, with nausea and pain. And, um, I can't, essentially the treatment, if you don't have surgery for it is you don't eat or drink anything and you get the blockage to move through on your its body own and get out. So I think I'm in the hospital for that. Well, I don't end up having a blockage. I'm having an issue with my gallbladder. And so I had to have my gallbladder removed. And so that's the last time, or no, I've had a surgery after that. Never mind. So I was in the hospital for that. And then I just, I was so sick of feeling awful. Yeah. And excuse me, chugging a Diet Coke, obviously. And uh, (laughs) and so in January of 2021, I started working out and I basically Mm -hmm. within three weeks noticed a difference in how I was feeling. And I do, Mm -hmm. I personally believe that your mental health is so tied in with your, uh, your physical health. Oh, yeah. And I just, 100%. I found myself being happier. And in the last two years, I've probably had like a quarter of the hospital stays. I've had one surgery. It's been almost two years since my last surgery, which is huge. I mean, I was having surgery yeah. every other month for a couple of years. Yeah. So it's been a huge change. And I am so grateful because I've really been able to live my life now that yeah. I've so much healthier. Well, and that's amazing because again, going back to you thinking you were crazy after seeing the psychiatrist, it's like, that's why it's so important to be an advocate for your own health because it's Mm -hmm. like you yourself only knows what's going on in your body. So, right. And it's, and at first you're like, well, you know, this, if something's going on, you're like, okay, is, is this the end of the world or am I going to end up in the hospital or is it something that I can deal with at home? And you have to weigh that out. Cause you also don't want to let yourself get too bad. You know mm-hmm. what can happen if you don't take the steps that you need to right away. Right. So, so for me now it's like, I, I do err on the side of caution because 99% of the time I've been right. When I'm like, something's off. I'll be like, yeah, okay. My, my temperature is two degrees off and I'm like, I'm getting an infection. I can tell. And I'll go to the hospital and they're like, uh, your weights, your white count's not there. We'll just keep you here. Cause obviously mm-hmm. if you think something's wrong, whatever, like six hours later, I have a white count and I'm something's wrong. Like it's just, yeah. I I'm very in tune. And now I'm at the point, like you said, I'm not afraid to advocate for myself. Mm-hmm. And it, that is the biggest thing because people will write you off and it's so hard to get a doctor's appointment right now, especially mm-hmm. with the specialist. And so when you have to really take advantage of the time that you are in front of a provider to be like, no, this is going on. This is serious. So, yeah, no, that happened to me when I ended up in the hospital was, um, I had a blood pressure of 232 over 128 and they're like, you might be either having a stroke or a heart attack. I'm like, well, either one would not be good at my age. So can we figure out what's going on? But it was because like leading up to that point, my um, primary at the time was like, Mm -hmm. I just think you're like stressed and like, you just need to work out more. I'm like, I work out, like I I trained for strongman competitions at the time. So it's like, I'm working out religiously. So there's no way it could be that. And they're like, well, maybe it's just your nutrition. I'm like, well, for strongman competitions, I have to cut weight. So I have to eat like boiled chicken and rice. Like there's no way I can have anything bad. Yeah. It was like... (laughs) So it's kind of the same thing where it's like, okay, maybe it is in my head that I'm feeling all these things. And then that's when I, when yeah. I ended up in the hospital, I'm like, okay, now I know that there is something wrong because yeah. literally the emergency doctor room doctor was like, yeah, no, no, something is wrong. Um, but that's why like, anytime someone is talking about their health, I'm just like, you have to be an advocate because mm-hmm. you just never know. And it could be too late. Totally. And it shouldn't take you ending up in the emergency room with potentially a stroke or a heart attack 
at Mm -hmm. such a young, I mean, that's never a good thing, but especially for a healthy 30 year old, that's not normal. And no one should be made to feel like, oh my God, am I doing something wrong by going to the emergency Mm -hmm. room when this is happening or because like, what, what happens if it's too late? What if you didn't stand up for yourself and push to be like, oh, I think something's amiss here. Right. Well, cause at the time, and because of that, um, because of the whole, like I wasn't an advocate for my own health at the time, I was like, well, like maybe, maybe I can like, just, maybe I'll just need some sleep or something. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, no, I'm really dizzy. Maybe, maybe I should go into the urgent care. And then that's when it happened. They're like, yeah, we need to admit you. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's crazy how much your body can tell you what's wrong. And oh. I'm sure, I mean, like you said, even two degrees off it's like yeah. no, no there's something coming yeah I feel a shiver and I'm like oh nope something's wrong yeah and and luckily that hasn't happened recently and I'm very grateful for that but it's like it has happened so much that I can mm-hmm. pick up on that very easily right and I know um you had mentioned that you know starting to exercise more regularly had really helped mm-hmm. what kind of because you're kind of in that more like depressive state at the time what Mm -hmm. helped you kind of change your mindset or motivate you to kind of get up and start doing it? Because I know sometimes, you know, getting yourself to exercise after such a, like a long period of depression or whatever health issues you may be dealing with, it's so hard to get to that day one, but once you get to the day one, then you can go to day two. Yeah. They always say like the hardest part of the workout is actually getting there. It's not the actual Mm -hmm. workout itself. Um, so my best friend got a Peloton and I'm not sponsored okay. by Peloton. I wish I was. He was like, she but you should. Out. Yeah, he hadn't worked out in years either. And I was, I was never a workout person. I cheerleaded and played basketball and I did that forever. And so I was always like, just kind of in shape from doing that, but I was never mm-hmm. someone who was going to the gym. I did run a half marathon through the Crohn's and colitis foundation in Mm -hmm. 2014, but that was the only training I've ever done. And then I stopped doing that. Um, so she was like, Oh my, my best friend was like, I love this. And she Mm -hmm. like, you should try it. It's amazing. So I tried it and I was instantly hooked. And I, I craved that high that I got from working out. Like I feel so amazing. And because I, not just physically, I felt mentally so much better. And I I realized I was in a much better mood. I had more patience. I was using my time better because I wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure that I could work out. And I, I started working out January 4th of 2021. And at the end of January, that same year, I went to Cabo for my mom's uh, birthday. Mm-hmm. And I was working out every morning on this trip and I would have never done that yeah. in years past. And so I've just, I like the changes I've seen in myself mm-hmm. and I want to keep that going. Cause I, I definitely think I have more confidence. I'm more comfortable in my own body. Mm-hmm. I like being strong. Like I, it feels good yeah. to me. Strong. And right. I've never, I never felt strong before. And I like yeah. that. So that yeah. I'm very thankful. And then at the same time, I cut out gluten. Now I don't mm-hmm. have a gluten allergy, but because I know that gluten is so inflammatory and yeah. it's an inflammatory bowel disorder. Yeah. I'm like, well, maybe if I cut out gluten and I have noticed a huge difference in that one in my skin, um, how bloated I am. I have much more energy since I cut out gluten yeah. too. So that, and now it's, I feel like it's much easier to be gluten-free than it was 20 years ago. Right. Right. So that makes a big difference. You can go to Trader Joe's and everything says gluten-free yeah. on it. So you know what's, what you can have or not. Right. Well, and even at restaurants now they have a little mm-hmm. gluten-free, which is so nice. Cause again, like you said, back 20 years ago, there was nothing. Yeah. My, um, my good friend was diagnosed with celiac when we were freshmen in high school and mm-hmm. she couldn't eat anything because yeah. everything had gluten in it. You had no good options. And if you did yeah. have an option, it was terrible. Yeah. Now I serve people gluten-free pasta all the time and they have no idea. Oh yeah. So I'm very grateful for those new options because it definitely yeah. makes 
a difference. And they actually taste like the normal stuff. So good. They're Which, so good. I mean, I do remember because I they actually had thought I had celiacs like a while back, but I got tested and it tested negative. Yes. But so I was gluten-free for a little bit. And at the time, I mean, this was like maybe 16, 17 years ago. So gluten-free options were there, but it wasn't like really no. good. So I just like felt like I was tasting like just glue or just something. It exactly. was awful. But now it's like, I can't tell a difference. Yeah. <laughs> if I, I always gluten-free. I always tell people if they're having stomach issues and stuff, I'm like, go gluten-free for two or three weeks and mm-hmm. see if you notice a difference. Because even if you aren't, if you don't have celiac disease, you notice, you can see if you notice a change in your body and you're the only person who experiences your body. So you will know, you notice small differences like that, which those small differences, they end up making a huge impact for sure. Yeah. It's like, it's not going to hurt anything by not having gluten. I'm not telling someone to go take a new medicine or something like that. She's like, just cut something out if you, if you feel better. And then you have somewhat of an answer. And if you don't, then you also know something too, that there might be a bigger issue. Right. Well, and I, especially because gluten is such a prominent thing. Cause it's, I mean, there's, if you think about like what cavemen used to eat, it's so different than what like we have now. Cause there's so mm-hmm. much different processed foods. And it's yeah. like, I, so I actually found out I have like, I think it's like 1% of the entire world that has a yeast allergy. Oh, seriously? <laughs> and I have it. Yeah, and I have it. But I've noticed a difference too, because a lot of the, you know, like the processed foods have the yeast in it, but it's like, even like there's some cauliflower crust that have it. It's like, that shouldn't have it. <laughs> like no. if it's a natural food, that shouldn't yeah. have it. So it's just like going back to the gluten thing, it's like when you know something is an inflammatory, it's like try cutting it out. You never know. Like, yeah. It can definitely help. Well, so you are like essentially one in a billion that has this, this. Basically, I'm just like awesome because I'm special. (laughs) I'm rare. Figure that out. So it's funny because I went to the Mayo Clinic to kind of figure out what was going on with my health too. Um, And so they were, you know, they tested me for everything because I already had food allergies. They're like, let's just retest you for everything else um, just to kind of make sure Mm-hmm. Um, they retested me for celiacs, still tested negative. I'm like, but I'm still getting sick off gluten free bread. Like, so yeah. I don't know what's going on. And so they're like, well, let's test you for all the grains then just to be on the safe side. Um, yeah. and they're like, should we, do you want to be tested for yeast? I mean, kind of rare that it, that it could, you know, happen. And I'm like, well, yeah. we might as well just test for everything. Sure enough. I'm the one that gets tested positive for yeast. <laughs> Because everyone has like, um, what is it that like they can get like an, an intolerance to it yeah. um, or like the candida stuff um, with all okay. like the overgrowth in your system. But for me, it's literally an allergy. Oh, <laughs> so, God. Yeah. So I remember, I can't remember what I ate, but it had, I didn't realize it was like yeast extract. It wasn't even like actual like baker's yeast or brewer's yeast. Okay. And I was like, why am I so sick? Yeah. And then, uh, my ex was like looking at it and he's like, yeah, there, there, there's yeast in it. And I'm like, what? Oh, but it's what? yeast extract. How bad could it be? <laughs> you know, you're like, oh no, still that. Yeah. Yeah. So how, when so, were you diagnosed with that allergy? Uh, so that was back in 2000, I want to say 2018, I think. Okay. So it's pretty recent that you've, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was like 2018, 2009, because it was right before the pandemic hit. So it was okay. a couple years before that, because I ended up after all the tests and everything, they found, um, they ended up diagnosing me with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue s- syndrome. Okay. Um, and apparently I also had sleep apnea that I had no idea about. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. What else? Yeah. Can they- so, okay. right. I mean, yeah. And I actually, oddly enough, I got my gallbladder taken out too. <laughs> Did you? And that was, but that was back in, I think, gosh, I think like 2016. Cause I was like, oh, my back hurts. I'm like, oh, it's probably just from like my lifting. And yeah. I actually was at a workout. Um, cause I was training, I was in the process of training for another strong man. Yeah. And my friend looked at me, she's like, you look like fucking shit. I'm like, oh, well, that's nice to say at five in yeah. the morning, but sure. Okay. 
I'm like, well, I just didn't get sleep. She's like, no, no. Like you look like sickly sick. I'm like, oh, well, my back's been hurting. She's like, maybe you should go in. Like, no, I think I'll be fine. Like I'll just finish this lift. But I went in and they're like, they thought I had like, like a kidney stone or something yeah. and, or kidney infection, uh, not infection, but stone. Yeah. And then they looked and they're like, do you have a history of gallbladder stones? I'm like, not that I know of. So I asked yeah. my mom and she's like, no, but then they took the um, CT scan and that's when they found the gallbladder stone. But it was funny because uh, after I had the surgery, my mom then was like, oh, you know, actually, I think I do have, like, my doctor did say I have gallstones. I'm like, so you didn't tell me this until now? And she's like, oh, yeah, and actually your company had them too. I'm like, well, oh, great. Thanks for your family help. history. Yeah. They yeah. the family history, but, um, but yeah, so it was kind of, again, kind of the whole roller coaster of figuring out what was wrong with me, but kind yeah. of going back to like the exercise and nutrition part, that's what's really helped me with my flare-ups for fibro because okay. There would be days where I couldn't even get out of bed because like my body hurts so bad. Yeah. And again, people were like, are you you're sure fine. you're just like, yeah, are you just sure you're not like just being dramatic? Like my mom would say that I was being dramatic. I'm like, no, no, like I literally have daily headaches and like migraines. There's something off on my yeah. body. But I have yes. one of my friends, he always says to me, he's like, Haley, you are the healthiest looking sick person I have ever seen. And he's like, yeah. and I I'm not trying to take away from you what you're feeling. Cause I know your body is a terror right. on the inside, but he's like, I, he's like, you look healthy. And I'm like, I know that's why they call them invisible illnesses because yes. you have no idea if you, and some people, if you don't have an outward projection of how you're mm -hmm. feeling, people just are so quick to write you off. And you're like, no, my body is a terrorist. Like something yeah. is wrong with like me internally sure. it hates me <laughs> yeah absolutely I'm like yeah. I always I always make a joke because I don't have a gallbladder I don't have a colon and I don't have an appendix and I'm like I'm missing three organs like that's not a good thing to be down so oh, you you got your appendix out too well when they removed oh my the colon, colon yeah it's it's attached yeah. but I didn't know that so one time yeah. I went to the hospital because I was having really bad pain on the lower right side of my body mm -hmm. and I'm like could it be my appendix? And the doctor's looking through my chart and he's like, yeah, you don't have an appendix. I'm like, what? I'm like, <laughs> I, I had no idea. And so I I'm texting my mom. It's like yeah. 2 a.m. And I'm texting her because I'm in the emergency room. And I'm like, mom, yeah. did you know I don't have a colon? And she's like, you don't have, or uh, excuse me, an appendix. And she's like, I had no idea. And I'm like, I've been masquerading as this person who has an appendix. And I- That is hilarious. I yeah. you know what now that you say that I'm like that makes sense because for some reason I thought the appendix was attached to something else too so don't yeah. feel bad <laughs> I'm like nice and me to care I had no yeah. idea you're just so missing something it's okay yeah I'm like, okay yeah. great I'm like someone maybe should have told me not like it, your appendix does nothing but right. would have been nice to know yeah so. I mean that a piece of you is missing <laughs> along with your exactly colon. yeah but yeah Exactly. Yeah. So, so I guess like, what do you, what do you do now kind of moving forward besides the exercise to kind of help keep you out of that state of mind when you were before the pandemic? Well, for me, I, I have been so much happier because I have been mm -hmm. able to really live my life so much more fully and better. And it's just, I'm, I love being happy. I, I yeah. crave being happy and my health is so tied. My physical health is so tied into my oh. mental health. Sorry, my dog, my dog just walked by. Um, no, you're fine. <laughs> and, um, I'm surprised actually my dog's not doing that because it's like his, he's like, probably like, I want food. <laughs> yeah. Of course this lady's just like staring, standing in front. Of him. Oh yeah. Uh, Howie, uh-uh. Howie, he's been asleep for like the last hour and a half. Um, so for me, I want to keep on, keep going with that. That's the most important yes. thing. And so I make sure that my workouts are a priority. I do make sure that my diet is a priority and I try and eat kind of 80, 20. I mean, I love yeah. charcuterie boards, I but I do love a salad. I, I, yeah. I love lean meat and vegetables. So it's, and I, because I don't eat gluten, I avoid like fast food and stuff, which obviously I don't think is yeah. good for me because it's all preservatives. It's all processed. And there's yeast in 
everything. So just so you know, (laughs) well, I don't want that. And so now I just feel like I'm kind of, I'm, I've set myself up to be in a healthier place. And I know setbacks are going to happen. Hospitalizations are going to happen, but I don't, they don't knock me out like they used to because I would be in the hospital for five days, come home for a week and a half and end up back in the hospital. And, and now, and I never got to fully recover. Now there's enough time in between hospitalizations that I do, I am able to recover. That's awesome. And I guess when you do have a setback or if there is something that kind of brings you down, what do you do to kind of shift your mindset on that? Uh, I have a really good support system. My family's amazing. My friends are amazing. I know I don't love having people visit me when I don't feel well. I don't, well, I don't yeah. want people in the hospital. It's like, I just want to focus on getting better while I'm there. And yeah, but all my friends are so good at checking in. I mean, my family's amazing. So I feel really lucky to have that because yeah. there are so many people who don't have someone to help them. And yeah. I have, oh, I can call a hundred people if mm-hmm. I forget a phone charger when I'm in the hospital or if I need yeah. something. I am very lucky. So I just keep that in mind that I'm in a much better place to be sick Mm -hmm. than a lot of people. And I don't take that for granted. And I think giving up on myself would be, that's what would let my friends and family down. It doesn't let anybody down when I'm sick or if I have to miss something, it would be Mm -hmm. if I didn't fully live my life and appreciate the, the good things that I do have. Yeah. And that's a great point about the support system and being grateful for that, because I just remember when my mom was going through her, I think her, it was her first time with her ovarian cancer. Yeah. Um, there was a lady who shared like, a, you know, like sometimes there's like shared hospital rooms Yeah, um, and she didn't have any, not one person visit her which maybe yeah. she didn't want visitors, but she just, um, I think the nurse was saying that she didn't have like family or anything. I'm like, I can't imagine going through something like that without the support system that I have. And that's, right. an, I think another factor that people don't realize is having that support system in that community to help you through things is also part of your mental health, your physical health, your overall well-being. Oh, and totally. So I just, I, like I just said, I couldn't imagine going through anything without the people that I have in my life. No, it's, and it is something when you see someone who doesn't have that Mm -hmm. same, same support system, it makes you so sad and it kind of stops and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine doing this alone. And, and having an autoimmune disease like we do can make you feel alone. Cause you're like, oh my God, no, no one I know has experienced this or whatever, mm-hmm. but the people who really love you are going to support you, even though they haven't gone through something that right. Like you have, they're going to want to help pick you up on the days when you can't pick yourself up. And that's how, you know, you have the right people in your life for sure. Oh, 100%. And it's one of those things too, where if you like, let's say I just like texted my best friend. Like, I feel like crap. Like, I, yeah. I don't know what to do. Like, it, and it could be at like two in the morning and she replies back. It's like, oh, okay. Granted now we both have insomnia, but it's okay. Yeah. I mean, she, she'll still be like, it's okay. Like just take it one step at a time. Or if I'm going through a hard time, it's like you said, you know, you can reach out to certain people and they will yeah. just get back to you. And mm-hmm. it just, it's almost just like a little like happy boost knowing that they're there for you. Right. and. For, for me, for a long time, I felt like every time I was in the hospital, I was letting the people down around me and no one made me feel that way. That was right. just my own mental health sucking, being yeah. like, everyone's mad at you because you're sick. Well, I know yeah. that's the case. And now I don't, I know when I'm sick, I'm not letting anybody down. And that was yeah. hard for me to accept. And I definitely, uh, going to therapy helped too, because I'm like, I would be so sick and have, have all this stuff happen. And I would be like, well, there's people who have it worse than me. There are people who don't have a support system. There are people yeah. who are going to chemotherapy there, you know, every, there are people who have lost limbs. How can I mm-hmm. complain? Well, when I went to therapy, the therapist, I kind of gave the therapist the brief synopsis of my health. And she looked at me yeah. and she goes, okay, so you've been through a lot and having that 
validation of someone mm-hmm. saying, this is a lot for one person to right. handle. It's okay that you are depressed. It's, it's okay mm-hmm. to feel that way. You, this is so much for someone to be going through. And that was something that made a big difference for me to have as well, because I thought, well, I'm just being a whiny bitch if I'm upset yeah. about this. And it's like, oh my God. no, it's okay. Yeah. Your feelings are valid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always felt like I was just like a burden to everyone. And just, I felt yeah. guilty, like being like, oh, can you like do this? Even though I was in the hospital, it's like, I can't actually do it myself. Yeah. And so it, it is I, going through therapy myself, even it just, there's such a sense of, or not a sense of, but it just helps you realize that like what we collectively experience as a society with all these, you know, we're, our society is such a go, 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 like we're mm-hmm. always doing this. We're always doing that. And to actually be told that it's okay to step back yes. and be selfish for your mm-hmm. own health. I was like, holy shit. I, it was like mind blowing to me. Cause it's like, right wait, I can do that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm, I'm really actually only punishing myself and the people around me yeah. if I'm taking care of myself, if mm-hmm. I'm not it. And I heard something in a workout a couple of weeks ago that was like, there's actually more power in saying no to something because if you're just, yes, yes, yes. You're not giving it everything you're doing your all. Right. And if you're saying no, you're protecting your boundary. And I've realized that I need to say no to more things and people mm-hmm. are more understanding than I, than I give them credit for. And you have to, you also have to stop assuming people, people's reaction. Right. And that's, it's hard to do because yeah. our minds are so trained to just immediately go to the worst thing possible. And you're like, someone's going to hate me if yeah. I have to say no, but it's like, I know right. it's better for my body to not do five things in a week. And that's just how it is. I can do three, but I shouldn't do five. Yeah. So I think a huge part of it too has to do with the fact that, I mean, just in my opinion, that it has to do with us having to be such a health advocate for ourselves Mm -hmm. and thinking that like, no one's going to believe me if I tell them that this is happening. So now I'm going to feel guilty for even saying I'm experiencing this because I don't know if that's going to be validated. Yeah. A hundred percent. I completely agree with you for sure. And sometimes some days, even if you're not, you know, you can get out of bed, but you're not at a hundred percent and you just know that it's Mm -hmm. better for you to miss out on dinner or something like that, or an event taking that time is so important. And another thing I've learned is self-love is never selfish. So taking an hour to work out is much better than me giving 50% to something that it might end up making me sick or drain me to the point where I can't work out the next day or I can't do something that's even more important that I need to take care of the next day. So, yeah, it reminds me of, so we had to, with the Mayo Clinic, you have to go to like a fibromyalgia, like knowledge class basically. Cause yeah. they can, they help you kind of figure out what to do, what can help um, with your symptoms mm-hmm. and managing it. And they showed like this video, this person with like a full, like, I think it was like a full beaker or something or test tube, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And they're like, this is all your, your energy for the week. And then they like poured it into like one beaker, let's say, or one, I don't yeah. know. I'm so bad. Chemistry yeah. is not my thing. No, same. Test tube, little thing. Anyways. Yeah. And they're like, when you're giving yourself, like giving everything to everyone else and not nothing, leaving nothing for yourself. Like this is what you're left with for the entire week. And it was like all empty mm-hmm. bottles. I'm like, Oh yeah, that makes a lot more sense yeah. <laughs> when you actually you- see it. <laughs> Have you heard of the spoon theory? or ever been called a spoonie with having an autoimmune disease no so the spoon theory is like you're it's it's very similar to what you're talking about you are you have 100 spoons a week and Mm -hmm. like sometimes you're you it takes 12 spoons to shower some weeks it takes one spoon to shower yeah and you're only allotted so much in some things aren't always the same for, you know, day to day, week to week, yeah. you can only give so much 
of what you have. And sometimes the smallest tasks take everything from you. And so you have to be very aware of how is this going to affect me or, and it's okay that this took more spoons this week because, or at this point, because I'm going through something. So, yeah, no, that's, that's a great way of saying it too, because it mm -hmm. is, I mean, it's, my my boss always says because I always am the person that would always take on everything else for everyone too and yeah she's like you can't pour from an empty cup just remember yes. that and so it's just true. like it's one of those things that like I have to keep in the back of my mind otherwise I will just keep giving everything and then yeah all of a sudden I'm just so drained I'm like now I don't want to do anything <laughs> yeah you it, depleting yourself you can't yeah. give anything to anybody else for sure and it's yeah it's hard to realize especially like you want to do as much as you can for other people. You want to be helpful. You don't, because when you are going through autoimmune diseases and, and flare-ups and things like that, mm-hmm. you feel like all you're doing is taking. And so yeah. when you do feel more normal, you want to give, 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 but you also right. can't do that because then you're just going to end up back in the same spot anyway. Yeah. So. yeah it's such a vicious cycle. And I, that's like one of the biggest things that I'm always telling people it's like I've had to learn so many times not to pour from an empty cup and it's one of those lessons that you're always gonna learn because you always need to keep it in the back of your mind that you need to take care of yourself and it I always think that analogy of you know where you when you're on an airplane and if the um what is it the little like yeah, air mask. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, why can't I think of the name of yeah. uh, the air masks drop? You know, you have to put it on yourself first and before saving others. And yeah. I never understood that. I mean, I knew what it meant, but like up until like when I was experiencing everything else myself, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, that's yeah. why. Cause I always thought when I was a kid, I'm like, well, mom, like that's just selfish. Yeah, <laughs> you take care of me first. Yeah, why aren't you taking care of the child? But I'm like, For oh, sure. that makes a lot more sense now as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> You can't yeah. save anybody if you don't end up saving yourself. Right, so, right, right. Yeah, no, it's, that's, that's a very literal, literal, literal yeah. interpretation of that. Yeah. It's, it's so true though. It's it so is. true. It is. Um, but yeah, I just, so I actually do, I know listeners will probably want to know, because I will be sharing that you have the Sports in the City podcast, which I absolutely love and I have shared that to honestly everyone because you and Sally are just your dynamic is hilarious but I also Thank like you. that you actually get like correct like stats because there's people that I love some of my girlfriends but they're just not what did you say in the last episode I don't remember what it was in the last episode but it was um something about how there's like girls that like like football because of the boy yeah and I'm like oh that is a so true because I remember my girlfriend would be like yeah I'm gonna watch the game I'm like but you don't like football yeah but I that's why I love listening to you guys because you guys thank you yeah so listeners can find you at sports in the city podcast correct is it at it's at s underscore a underscore t underscore c (laughs) podcast sports in the city was too long unfortunately so I I get it it's the link is in, um, or the at is in my bio on Twitter and Instagram and I okay. H A L E Y underscore darling on Twitter and Instagram. So awesome. yeah, it's so fun. We've been doing it for like a year and a half and we just, we both prepare, which I know sometimes comes as a shock, but we, you know, we do our research and, and then we yeah. come in and we just, we see where it kind of takes us and right. I love it. And it's, it's that cool to have- makes it better. Like, yeah. I think when people come in, like being like, well, da, 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 it's like, but I just want to like, hear the like realist, like realism in it, you know? Yeah. We always want people to feel like they're our best friend and they're just sitting yes. in on a conversation and nothing makes me happier than when someone is like, you made me laugh. And I, oh, yeah. I love making people laugh. That is my yeah. favorite on the planet. And so when someone's like, oh my gosh, I laughed so hard when Sally said this to you and you said this back or... I, it feels like I'm just listening to two friends and that is, that's our goal and talk about sports. So yeah, no, and I love it, but it's just, and it's so fun to listen to because I, there are so many things that I just laugh about that I'm like, Oh yeah. 
that's so true <laughs> I love it but it is like it's like such a love for the Vikings and it is when you guys were talking about the Packers and the, how much you guys hate the Cowboys I'm like finally someone who agrees <laughs> with me <laughs> like, oh I just I can't like if it's anyone against the Cowboys I will not cheer like cheer for the Cowboys like absolutely not well Sally has such a different perspective on it because she grew up in Virginia and there's oh, so okay. Cowboys fans there for some yeah. reason She's like, these people are just douchebags. They're not like, why do they care? Because mm-hmm. the Cowboys were so good in the nineties. That's the only reason you yeah. hitched your wagon to this team. You, you have yeah. no alliance to them whatsoever. Right. And yeah, it's, it's funny. And I love talking with her because we did have such different upbringings in different States. Yeah. It, um, some stuff like, I'm like, you, we had such different experiences and I always feel like I learned something from her and yeah for me but yeah yeah it. it's, it's no. amazing I hope I hope to do it forever because it is cool to have take yeah. conversations with your best friend so yeah well and it's just I mean even now that I'm doing this like just even conversing with people about their lives because everyone has such a different experience with their health I mean right it just and just to hear your story again and kind of like what your friend said like you would never know that you were going through all that just by looking at you because it's such a like a hidden thing that people don't realize yeah and for me like my thing is make your mess your message I feel like there's a reason Mm -hmm. why I have Crohn's disease that's the way that I look at it to make myself feel better and I don't want to look and be like why is this happening to me it's like what can I learn from this and how can I help other people? And a huge thing that I recommend to anyone who is having any type of Ill- going through any illness, find a local chapter of, of a support group or a foundation, because I cannot tell you how much it is meant to me to work with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, yeah. to hear other people's stories, to pick people's brains to hear about the research that's going on to help people. It has made such an impact on me personally to do that. And I think no matter what disease you have or going through to find other people who have been there is like, Mm -hmm. you feel validated and you're like, Oh my God, I, someone else, I'm not alone. And that's the biggest thing. So I'm always willing to talk to anybody if they're going through something because you can always learn something from somebody's experience. And, yeah. I, and I always feel like I'm learning more from someone else than they are from me. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing for sure. Yeah. And you've been, um, you've been working with the Crohn's, what was the Crohn's? Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Yeah. You've been working with them because you're, you're the MC, weren't you at some of the events or in, uh, 2021 and 2022, I was the MC. Okay of hope gala and actually the craziest thing i was talking about having crohn's disease on the Mm -hmm. after party podcast from kfan Mm -hmm. and a board member heard the podcast i was on and we had a mutual friend uh through someone at k102 and he got in touch with me and he was like would you ever be interested in public speaking for us and i was like oh my god i hate public speaking i never want to do that yeah and then like, that's terrible. I took a public speaking class my freshman year of college Yeah, and I thought it was, I hated it. <laughs> yeah. I was more like, yeah. And then yeah. I, um, he called me a few weeks later and was like, Hey, we had our MC dropout. Would you do it? And I just, something inside of me was like, you have to do this. Yeah. And so I did it. And as soon as I got done the first year, I was like, I can't wait to do that again. And then I was, yeah. I joined the committee to plan the gala for the next okay. year. And I um, I emceed again and I've done a few events. I've done our take steps walk, which is in June. I went to our, our top golf fork here last April. And then in 2014, I ran a half marathon through the foundation. So it's so inspiring to meet other people. And I cannot recommend that enough to anybody to find other people who have dealt with this and meet their families, hear their story, talk, because it's going to be so enriching. I I guarantee you will feel better connecting with someone else on that level for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, um, again, I didn't really know, I knew a little bit about Crohn's, but Mm -hmm. otherwise, like, I mean, what you shared today was very eye-opening. Like I had no idea 
you can even remove a whole colon, like your whole colon. I mean, <laughs> oh, believe me, you can. And where the appendix actually is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm so glad you learned something from me. I feel like a doctor explaining yeah. where an appendix is, right? Yeah, so now people can know that if you don't have a colon, you don't have yes. your appendix. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So they're they're buddy buddy yeah exactly well I wanted to kind of end on um just like a fun little thing I've been wanting to do lightning rounds with people okay (laughs) ready okay you ready okay Mm -hmm. so this is the it'll be easy for the first one favorite color purple (laughs) purple okay yeah biggest pet peeve um people who are are selfish in public. Like I, the other day I was at the coffee shop and people who like wait right in front of the people just have no awareness. It's so rude. I hate it. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) I got, no, I got that. Dogs or cats? Dogs for sure. Even though my dog was just barking. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, fine. My dog's like whining to me right now because he's like, (laughs) I want to be fed. Okay. This is going to be, this one was a tough one for even me. NFL or college football? NFL because I always say the Vikings are one A for me and Gophers are one B. And oh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So I I love football is my favorite sport, obviously, yep. but I would say I loved the Vikings before I loved the Gophers. Yep. I so. I would have to agree. I am the same. Oh well, actually, I actually grew up um, with Ohio State Buckeye fans. So oh, okay. So yeah, because my family's from. I had family in Ohio, and so I would spend summers oh. out there. That's the only reason why, because everyone's like, why wouldn't you, but my brother went to the U, I cheer for the Gophers, it's fine, yeah. but. <laughs> yeah, um, Ohio State and the Gophers are never really on the same level, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's so okay. it's like different, but I, yeah, I agree with the whole Vikings. Uh, best stress reliever for you? Working out, or scream singing in my car. <laughs> <laughs> best, uh, sorry, biggest guilty pleasure? I don't even know if it's a guilty pleasure because I love it so much. I would say real watching Real Housewives. That's I. Oh, I, which one though? Um, is your favorite? Oh my god, this is. I know. <laughs> I'd rather take the ACT again than answer that. Um, I know because they're all so different. Oh my god, I would say. I think. Potomac is the most consistently good every season yeah. or new or New York. You can't or, go wrong with Orange County. I don't know. I love, I don't know. They're all good. I they're mean, so good. they're all so yeah. good. Yeah. I agree with you, but I, that would probably be my guilty pleasure too. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you seen Gl- Bling or Bling Empire yet? I watched my friend was telling season. me about it. It's good. It is good. Is it? Okay. But, yeah. Okay. Um, my, gonna... my mom and I were watching some awful show last night on Amazon. I'm and I'm out in California visiting my mom. Uh, she's yeah. out here for the winter, and she's like, "Have you heard of the show?" And it's like summers, summer never ends, Hamptons or something like that. It is oh. the worst thing I have ever watched. And my mom and I were dissecting. We're like, "These are awful people." You know, like Jersey Shore. Like th- it was that was entertaining though. I'm it, not gonna it lie. Was entertaining. Like, yeah. These aren't even funny they're just train wrecks where Jersey Shore was entertaining and lovable train wrecks these are just awful people I'm like I can't believe we're watching this this is so bad but we couldn't shut it off yeah it's those train wrecks you get sucked in (laughs) um I would also like to say I did have a Jersey Shore themed 22nd birthday and I was a five foot ten snookie so Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I love that. <laughs> is okay. That just made my day. <laughs> yeah, what a time to be alive. My you know, cake or my birthday cake had the Italian flag on it and an outline of New Jersey. It was so trashy. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, I yeah I like that. Thank um, you. song that best describes your life. Oh God, it depends on the day. Um, <laughs> Let's say in this moment. In this moment. I would say Gypsy by Fleetwood Mac. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Gypsy by Fleetwood Mac. And I, I think I'm just really connecting with it. And I love classic rock. And yeah, I think that's right now would be, and I'm kind of in like a weird limbo right now in my life. And yeah, yeah kind of feel like yeah. a gypsy. 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Good. That's yeah. a good answer. Heels or flats? Flats because I, lo I love wearing tennis shoes. I love Nikes. I yes. have way too many pairs of shoes and it's all athletic shoes. Like I'm not, and I right. like dressing up, but I'm like, I want to wear flats all the time. Which is funny because I am the same way. And I'm like, I'm short. Maybe I should wear heels, but I'm like, they're so comfortable. Like can't so comfortable and they're so stylish too yeah so. well you can dress them up or dress them down <laughs> that's right that's right and then the last one would be advice that you'd give to the younger generation I would say stand up for yourself in any situation find people who really love you for who you are I, for a long time, I did not have people in my life that really liked me for who I was. And I felt like I had to wear kind of a facade mm -hmm. and being around people who really like who I truly am has changed me. And I've grown and gotten more comfortable and don't just stay stagnant, do something that even if it scares you, get it done, do it because that you will come out on the other side. So proud of yourself that you actually did something. So do it scared is a motto that I've heard. And I'm like, I'm totally taking that. I'm doing things that's that a great scary. one. Right. Oh, so. that's a really good one. I didn't yeah. even, my, one of mine is, you know, uh, what was it? I was listening to, I don't know if it was a podcast or something, but it was, you live 24 hour, you live a 24 hour life. So yeah. it's like basically making each hour count. Yes. I love yeah. that. That's so great. I was like, that's actually like, why don't I think of it? Like, I wish I could be those people that like, think of like the greatest like slogan. <laughs> right. But I know I'm like, I can't be profound. I'm not, profound yeah. at all. but I like other people's shit. So yeah, uh, so I'll take it. Yeah. I'll share it, but yeah. I'm not going to come up with anything good on my own. Yeah. So yeah. Well, well at least we're on the same boat. <laughs> exactly. For yeah. sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Haley, for doing this with me it was great to you know get to know your side of this, your health story and yeah. kind of dive deeper into it 